Hey, food friends, and welcome to the Food Founders Podcast, your number one spot to get mentoring, guidance, and behind the scene learnings to help you understand what it really takes to launch, grow, and scale your packaged food or beverage business. On the show, you'll hear from food founders at various stages of growth, and you'll hear from me and my 14 years of packaged food and beverage experience. Each episode is packed with insights, inspiration, and learning to help you on your food business journey. I'm your host, Ainsley, and this is the Food Founders Podcast. Before we jump into today's show, I want to thank our sponsor, the Food Brands That Sell program. Food Brands That Sell is a six-week deep dive into the CPG industry and teaches you how to win within that industry by creating a brand that you, retailers, and consumers love. Here's what a recent alumni had to say about the program. I am so grateful that I chose to do Food Brands That Sell. I learned so much about myself, my journey, and my company. These six weeks changed how I'm doing my business, and I can see the difference already. I no longer feel alone. If you aren't already on the waitlist, hop on over to foodbrandsthatsellwaitlist.com or grab the link below to make sure that you are first to know when the program is accepting new students. All right, let's dive into today's episode. All right. Hello, hello, food friends. Today, we're going to be talking about why food businesses fail. I'm sure you guys have heard multiple different sources of information talk about, you know, 20% of new businesses fail within the first year. By the end of the second year, that's 30%. After five years, that's 50%. And those numbers can be alarming. And, and it can make you second guess, do I want to start this business? And if you're just thinking about starting a business for the first time, maybe someone in your life has even told you these statistics to say, heck, are you sure that you want to do this? And so these numbers are real, yes, but I want to dig in a little bit more because they don't tell us the full picture. And no one talks about this. No one talks about the fact that these statistics are not telling us whether the business actually quote unquote failed because they weren't having sales or did the food founder or the founder as a whole, because these statistics are around all businesses, did they close down the business because they realized this wasn't the best business for them to move forward in or they didn't necessarily want to do this anymore? Did they drastically pivot the business to be something completely different? These statistics don't tell us this. All it tells us is high level. This number of businesses started by the end of year one. This many were still around. Doesn't tell us who pivoted. Doesn't tell us who decided to close this down, open up something completely different. So there's a great book that someone recommended to me when I first started on my entrepreneurial journey called The E-Myth. I think it's called like E-Myth Revisited or something. But I will link that up in show notes because I think it's really important because it talks about if you're starting a business for something that you're passionate about, let's say you love baking cookies. Great. Maybe you decide, heck, I'm going to go start a business selling cookies, baking cookies. Great. Once you decide to make that shift, you're no longer just baking cookies. You are baking cookies. Yes. But you're focused on 
sourcing ingredients at a mass scale. Maybe you're focused on having a co-packer create that. You're focused on marketing, sales, your website, orders, sponsorship, all these different things. It's no longer just about the product. And so for some people, that's okay. But for other people, it takes away the joy in what they were doing as a whole. And then they end up hating the business that they have. And for those people, they might close that down and happily open up a different business or just not do business at all. And they're like, heck, I love making cookies. I don't want to do anything to take away that love for it. So I think that that's a really important concept to think about because I see food founders start their business for two reasons. Number one, you have a great product already. You're making delicious cookies or you have a delicious sauce that people love and you know it's delicious. People tell you it's delicious and people sometimes are even just asking you to like package it up. That's one type of food founder. You know, you have a great product already and you say, heck, why don't I take this to the masses? The second type of food founder that I see is someone who has a health issue or has a health issue in their family or with loved ones and they realize that they need to create their own solution to overcome that. So they do that and then they realize, heck, there's all these other people out there that also have this health issue. Why don't I share this with the world? And these are both wonderful reasons to start a business, to start a food business. And why I absolutely love working with food founders is because there is also this personal touch that is often behind what you are doing. But for some people, you know, it can take away the passion when we start to bring it to life. And that is okay because sometimes we weren't meant to do that. We were meant to do something else. And I have this example in my own life where, you know, for me, early in my entrepreneurial days, um, uh, when I was working full time, I was working full time and I had, you know, fantasized about leaving and going to become a naturopath or a holistic nutritionist or a health coach, something to help people with their food. I have always been a believer that food is medicine and it can help us and it can heal us. And so for me, that was, you know, maybe I'll do that one day, but I hadn't yet, you know, had the courage to be able to leave my business, my day job and go and start that. So once I had decided, okay, I'm going to go into this entrepreneurial journey, um, I decided that, heck, let's, let's try out this health coaching thing. So I had found a course that made sense for me. I had got certified to be a health coach and I was thrilled. I loved the studying about it. I loved getting into everything about the food and to be able to understand it more and its relationship with our body to help people live the best life that they can with food. So I became certified as a health coach. And then after that, I was like, all right, I'm going to go and create a business in this. I'm going to, you know, help people with this, created my website, created the brand name. It was called Feed Your Fit because for me, that made so much sense. You know, we can feed our overall health and our fitness with food. So I had Feed Your Fit, I had my logo, I had my website, you know, I started even helping a few people that I knew, I started helping them with their health journey. And I realized I did not want to do this for a business. I did not want to be a health coach for a business. 
it took away what I loved about using food as medicine. And for someone else, it might not, but for me, it did. I realized as soon as I launched it, this was not the business for me. Now, did that mean that I was like, oh, I'm never going to be an entrepreneur. I'm never going to have my own business. I'm going to stick it out at this corporate job that I know is not for me at the end of the day. Absolutely not. It allowed me to gain so many skills with that first business and so much confidence to then be able to say, you know what, let me try this. And that's when I decided, you know what, I actually want to launch my coffee company. And this is when I launched the Black Coffee Co. uh, Direct-to-consumer coffee company. I started doing that and I started consulting with other companies in all different walks of life in their business to help them build brands that stand out and build business models that are profitable. And that's still at the heart of everything that I do right now with the Healthy Food and Beverage Group. So when I look at that, do I say that that was a failure? That I killed that first business? Or do I look at it and say that it helped me figure out where I wanted to go and not go? I don't think that was a failure at all. That was absolutely giving me the insights and the tools that I needed to help me go a different direction that I was supposed to go. And there are a lot of businesses out there that do this. If you're an entrepreneur, chances are you have launched multiple ideas or you will launch multiple ideas. So if your cookie business does not succeed, but then you you know, decide that you want to launch a bread business. It doesn't mean that any of that is a failure. It's all meant to help you learn what you need to learn to get that right business to grow. So that is one of the keys of being an entrepreneur is continuing to grow. So to get to this level of success, we need to first understand what that looks like for us. And for you, that can mean anything from, you know, I want to sell $10,000 of product a month, $1,000 of product a month, $100,000 of product a month, you know, whatever that looks like for you. Success means hitting the goal that you want to hit. So for you to be successful, there's lots of things that we want to do within our food business. So I'm going to dive into some of the top things that are going to help you be successful in your food business and how to make sure that your food business does not fail. So we're going to dive into seven things that you can do to make sure your food business does not fail. And this is just based on, you know, seeing so many food founders out there, seeing so many different brands and speaking with hundreds of different food brands every single year. So Number one reason why food businesses fail, and again, fail is relative, is because the food founder doesn't have a set vision or goals for the business at the beginning. You know you have a great product, but maybe that's about it. (laughs) Really haven't taken the time to understand the market, where you want to sell it, how much you want to sell? What do you want your life to look like with this business? What do you want the vision, that impact of it to be? This might seem like fluff to some of you guys, but this is absolutely important when you are getting set up for success. 
Because if you don't know where you want to take this business, you might say, heck, this is a quote unquote failure and close it one day because you just hadn't set these goals at the beginning. If you know that you have started a food business because you want to spend more time with your family and be able to have financial success to support your family, well, if you're working more hours in your food business than what you did in your corporate job and you have zero time for your family, but you're making $100,000 a month, guess what? That's a failure. That is not the success that you set out to create. So success is not just the financial piece. It is the type of business that you want to have. But to build the business that you want to have, you need to have a clear vision for that. So number one, make sure you have a vision right from the beginning and make sure you have goals for how you want your business to look. Number two reason that food founders fail is they focus too much on their product. I talk about this a lot. Look, your product is absolutely important. There is no question about that. But if you don't set up your business properly as a whole so that it is all the different pieces, if you don't look at the marketing, if you don't look at the sales, if you don't look at your branding, it doesn't matter how delicious your product is because people aren't going to pick it up. They're not going to be able to find you. They're not going to pay the price. Stores aren't going to list you. The product is only one piece. And yes, it is an important piece. But if you are focusing way too much on your product, this is going to hurt your business. One really easy way that I can tell if someone is focused too much on their product is if they're in the early stages of business still and they have, you know, a lot of different products. You know, when I look at food founders, there are different stages, everything from a seed to a sprout to budding to being able to harvest. There's this whole kind of stage that you're going to go through in your business. And it is not the early stages of having a business in those early phases where you want to have a whole lot of products. So in the beginning, we want to have ideally around three SKUs maybe up to seven, depending on the category. If you're online only, maybe 10, but not 15. And for realistically, most food brands, having anything more at the very early stages does not make any sense. But what I see a lot of food founders do is say, oh, let me just introduce this new flavor. Oh, I really like this flavor. Let me introduce it. And you are relying on growth coming from a new flavor when you haven't yet figured out how to make all the other flavors work. And let's be honest, if you have 15 SKUs, a retailer's not going to carry 15 SKUs anyways. So make it easier for them to say yes by giving them your top selling products. And if you don't know what those are, you don't know what those should be, well, we need to look at what's happening in the market. You really need to understand what those top flavors are going to be. So less is more. So do not introduce just more products and do not just focus on your product. So rule or oh, not rule reason number three that I see food brands fail is being afraid to invest in themselves and in their business. 
So whether this is investing in the right packaging, in branding, investing in coaching, consulting, investing in a great website, you know, brands that are afraid to invest at a higher level do have a higher chance of failing. And, you know, I don't just say this because you need to spend tens of thousands of dollars in your business. Absolutely not. But you do need to invest something because you need to put your best foot forward into your business. You know, think about your business as a marathon. Who do you think has a better chance of winning a marathon? The person who trains by themselves, makes up their own plan, um, wastes a bunch of time searching online for meal plans and workout plans and, you know, tries to motivate themselves in terms of what to do. But, you know, sometimes they just don't. And maybe they've never even run a marathon before. You know, there's, there's that person or there's, you know, their competitor who also hasn't run a marathon before, but they decide to hire a trainer, a trainer who has helped lots of other people run marathons and do really well. You know, this trainer who can tell this athlete what to eat, what not to eat. They can monitor your progress. They can help you course correct. They can tell you what your training should look like and help make sure that you stick to the plan and hold you accountable. I don't know about you guys, but I'm putting my money on the second athlete who has hired someone to help them win. And that is one way of investing in your business that is incredibly important in the early stages. That could also be, you know, someone who decides to invest in having packaging that stands out versus having what I call just for now packaging, just for now branding. It's okay for now, but you know, it's not your best foot forward. Um, You know, the chances are that you are going to be more premium priced because you are new, because you don't have those economies of scale to be able to buy in bulk. So you're going to be more premium priced on store shelves. So you're going to be more premium priced next to potentially multi-million dollar brands, but you don't necessarily look all that premium because you haven't invested in how your brand looks and stands out. Well, that's going to be a lot harder for consumers to hand over their hard-earned dollars to your product because they don't necessarily have the trust and the confidence in it. So in the food industry, we need to remember you are competing with everyone else in the store. And some of those brands are legacy brands. They've been around for a long time and there's a lot of money behind them. And, And sometimes it may not. Sometimes it might be a whole bunch of other newer brands, but all things created equal. If one person has decided to invest in their packaging and their branding and their label to make it look fantastic and stand out because they know how to build a great brand and they have that come to life and the other person uses their cousin who knows how to design flyers but has never designed a package before. Again, I'm going to put my money on the person who has invested in a brand that stands out. So we do need to be comfortable with investing in your business and in yourself for you to increase your chances of success in this industry. Same goes for your website, for distribution partners, all the different pieces. So number four reason why I see food brands fail is they don't know how to differentiate their product from everyone else. They don't know how to do this in messaging. Uh, They don't know how to do this in selling, with communicating with the consumer. Nowhere is it really clear why people should choose this product over anything else. 
Heck, you don't even need to be extremely unique of a product for you to be able to show consumers and retailers what is different about you. You just need to be able to vocalize this though. So part of differentiation um, means that you need to stand for something very, very strongly. And this can be tough for people at the beginning stages because you kind of want to be for everyone sometimes. Um, but this is the time when it's incredibly important to stand for something and to differentiate yourself from everyone else. So take, for instance, the brand Liquid Death. So they are a water company, comes in a can. It's like a tall can, kind of looks like a beer can. You know, for them, they are differentiating their water in the sense that they're kind of badass. Um, it's in their name, Liquid Death. Their package speaks everything to this kind of hardcore look, and they bring it to life in everything that they are doing, that it's different, it's more edgy, it's an edgy water. I mean, it's water, <laughs> but they've differentiated it. And if they can differentiate water, you can absolutely differentiate whatever it is that you are creating. If they were to just go in and say, oh, we have another uh, spring water and didn't have any brand differentiation, nothing unique about them, they probably would not have got the shelf space. They would not have got consumer attention. They certainly wouldn't be running a Super Bowl commercial like they just ran this past year. So differentiation is absolutely key for your brand. Otherwise, people aren't going to know why they should pick you up. You're not going to attract a tribe of people to your brand, and you're going to get lost amongst your competitors. And that's the last thing we want. We want you to stand out so you can sell more. Okay, so reason number five why food brands fail um, is simply you're wasting too much time, money, and energy trying to figure everything out on your own, um, trying to you know scour the internet for answers, really trying to do it all yourself. Guys, there are lots of experts out there who know how to do the things and love to do the things that you might not know how to do and you might struggle with. So if you know how to make delicious cookies, but you have never run a business before, that's going to cost you a lot of extra time, money, and energy to figure all that out on your own. Now, you might say, Ainsley, I don't have the money to invest in those pieces. That's fine. That is totally fine. And there are lots of food brands that have been wildly successful in that stage. But then you need to invest the energy and the time to actually learning those different pieces that you don't know how to do, whether that be writing marketing language, whether that be running Facebook ads, whether that be becoming a master seller, you know, you need to invest the appropriate time, energy and money to be able to grow your business. And if you don't, and if you're just relying on having a great product, and kind of winging it, uh, not really investing the energy, time or money into these pieces, you're going to have a harder chance in the market because someone else has maybe, you know, joined a program like food brands that sell, and they've got the blueprint for how to launch and grow a food business. Or someone else has maybe hired a Facebook ads expert when you are trying to figure it all out on your own. Or someone else has maybe invested in a website and it looks fantastic. 
and maybe yours is not creating the conversion that you want. So I just want you to think about that in terms of are you trying to figure everything out on your own versus fast tracking your success by leveraging other people's experiences in your business. This can absolutely help you fast track your success and make sure that you become a food brand that succeeds versus one of the ones that fail. So there's a lot of different options out there for you. But I promise you, having someone take you in the elevator to get to where you're going is going to save you a lot of time, energy, and money versus trying to take the stairs on your own and maybe getting lost on the way up. So number six reason why food brands fail is they don't know their numbers. So guys, you have to know your numbers in the business. You have to know what your ROI looks like, your return on investment. You have to look at what your customer lifetime value is. You have to look at conversion rates, sell-through rates, shipping rates, your cost of goods sold, your margin. There's a lot of numbers in the food industry, absolutely. And for you to really be able to ensure your success, we need to understand what those numbers look like. I have seen brands not know their numbers and you know they might be on some store shelves, but then they kick themselves because once I go in there and start looking at their numbers with them, they realize they're losing money with every product that they sell. This is incredibly important, guys. You need to know your numbers to make sure that you're succeeding. I've seen other brands, you know, be running advertising and be ready to turn it off because they're like, ah, it's not giving me the return on investment that I want. And then again, I go in there and I dig deeper and look at the numbers in a more deep way. And I say, heck no, you're not turning these off. We're doubling down on the investment because these are these ads are absolutely giving you a return on investment. Just wait three months and you're going to be making four times your money. So it's important to look at these numbers and constantly be trying to do the pieces that are going to improve them. You kind of need to get obsessed with the numbers and be able to optimize them as much as possible, whether that be optimizing landing page conversions, you know, making sure that you are optimizing your ad spend. Um, and of course, especially these days, uh, making sure that your costs of goods sold and margins are optimized as much as possible. So not knowing your numbers can put you in a lot of hot water. So definitely, definitely make sure that you know your numbers as you grow to help, you know, secure your success in the industry. And number seven reason why I see food founders fail is really not understanding if there is even a market for what it is that you want to sell. This kind of ties into number six, where it talks about knowing your numbers, but you have to look at the data and assess if there is really a market for what it is that you want to put out there. Is the market hungry for what it is that you want to sell? Yes, we want to build a business built on our passion, on our values, but that needs to line up with the industry. Does the market want a vegan, nut-free, gluten-free cacao mix? Or do they really want a cacao mix with different infused flavors in it? These are the different type of nuances, pieces that you need to know at the beginning of your business to make sure that you are selling what people actually want to buy. 
You can't just say because you love a product, there's going to be other people out there that love it. That might be the case, but you do want to validate it. You do want to make sure that that makes sense. And we don't just want to validate with friends and family. We want to validate with the market. We want to get insights into this. That's why one of the first things that I have food brands do when I work with them, whether it be one-on-one or in food brands that sell, is we look at the data. We look at the data to say, what does the market want? Is there an opportunity here? Is this business going to succeed? And it makes a heck of a lot more sense to understand that earlier on than struggle in your business for three years, only to find out that the market never even really wanted what you were selling. So really, really important that you look at, does the market want to buy what you have to offer? So there you have it, guys. Those are the top seven reasons that I continuously see um, why food brands fail. I do not want you guys to make this these mistakes inside your business. I want you guys to be a food brand that absolutely sells and thrives. So I would love to help you do that. If that makes sense for you, um, you guys know I run the Food Brands That Sell program. If you are new in your business, if you are thinking about launching, or if you have been in market for a little bit and you're making under $5,000 a month, Food Brands That Sell is for you and it gives you a roadmap to be able to launch a product that people want, build a brand that's going to make you stand out, help make sure you know your numbers and be able to sell into retailers. So if you know that that is for you, you're like, Ainsley, I don't want to make these mistakes. Please make sure I don't. You can go to foodbrandsthatsellwaitlist.com. I'll throw that in the show notes as well. But take a look. You will be able to fill out an application, hop on a call, and we'll see if it is a right fit for you. So guys, that's it. This episode is all about helping making sure that your food brand succeeds. And remember, success is what you define it as. So let's figure out what success looks like for you and help make sure that you build a food brand that sells and build a food brand that builds that gives you the business and life that you want. So that's it for this week, food friends. In our next episode, we will be back hearing another food founder journey to give you practical tips and strategies to help you launch, grow, and scale your packaged food business. That's it, food friends. Until next time, stay hungry. That's it for this week, food friend. Thanks for tuning in. If the show helped you in any way, please go ahead and leave a rating or review of the show below. I also want to thank our sponsor one more time, the Food Brands That Sell program, the program to transform how you navigate the CPG industry and ultimately sets you up for success within it. Go ahead and get yourself on the waitlist using the link below, or you can put yourself on the waitlist at foodbrands.sellwaitlist.com. Catch you next time, food friend.